Hey, I'm Nikki. And I'm Emily. And welcome to That Six Letter Word, a podcast about being 20-something and living with that six-letter word that no one wants to hear, cancer. We are two friends that have lived and are living with this diagnosis, and we have some similarities and many differences. We dive into our experiences as young women, patients, friends, and survivors. Our hope is that this podcast resonates with any person going through any challenge, not just cancer. And we're here to remind you that we're all just people taking life one step at a time and spreading joy as often as we can. Hey, Nikki. Hey, Emily. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Well, welcome back to that six-letter word. We're so glad you tuned in for another episode. Should we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So today we're talking about our experiences finding out about each other's diagnoses. Diagnosis is? Diagnoses? 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 I think it's diagnoses. I'll Google it. (laughs) Diagnosi? The nuclei? All right. (laughs) The plural? (laughs) What's the plural of amoeba? Amoeba? Isn't it oh, just it amoeba? amoeba? Oh, I got excited. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, like the plural of moose is moose. Yes. Like, it's true. Yeah. Man, what a time. All right. Well, now that we're already off topic, <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, dealing with basically finding out about each other. And obviously they're kind of different stories because Emily's diagnosis and surgery and recovery from surgery all happened well before I was diagnosed. So our perspectives, I think, finding out about each other were pretty different because you had kind of been through it when I started to get diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you got diagnosed, I was just in the dark. And, I, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I hadn't lived this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll be, I mean, I know Nikki and I both wanted to kind of touch on each other's stories um, and our experiences with how we each found out and the emotions we went through, the questions, where were we? all of that. So I guess Nikki start since I I was the first one, (laughs) the first diagnosis. Yeah, let's do it. So I guess I remember when you first got diagnosed and again, it was kind of a process, right? The first thing you found out was that there was a lesion and we kind of got that news and you sent it to us and all of us were just, I think we were on the same page that you were, where there was so much unknown that no one jumped to the cancer conclusion. I think none of us really asked those questions too specifically because, you know, we knew that you were living that and we didn't want to make it harder for you by asking you to repeat all the information. So we kind of waited for information. And what I remember most vividly is the week that you found out that it was in fact a tumor that had to be surgically removed. And when you made the appointment and so immediately, of course, you texted us and you said like, Hey guys, I'm getting the surgery. It's next week. And so we all kind of, asked a couple questions, but again, I think we wanted to give you just time and space to process what you were going through. What I remember most vividly is your surgery day. And I remember being at work and we had all basically gotten like a group text from your sister. Um, it was either your sister or, oh, it was Peyton. I was oh, okay. I was it like, was it wasn't my brother. <laughs> no, it was your sister and Peyton who were texting us and basically just sending us updates. Cause they said like, Emily's not going to have her phone. And probably even after the surgery, she won't be able to be on it. So we're going to send you updates. And I remember being at work 
And I was supposed to meet that day with like a pretty high up vice president at work who I'd never met before. And I had done some like content for this meeting. And so they said, you know, like I didn't necessarily have to speak, but I could sit there and probably would answer some questions and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so of course I'm like excited and nervous and I'm like in my full suit, which I never wear to work, like ready to go. And we got the text. It was right around like 3.30 in the afternoon, our time. So it was probably right around 2.30 your time. And that was at the point where we were like hour six in the surgery, right around there. It was getting to the point where it was past kind of what they really expected to need. And we got the surgery that said like, or I'm sorry, the text that said, hey, Emily's still in surgery. Like it, we think it's going well and no one said otherwise, but they're on like hour six and it was supposed to be, you know, four to six tops we thought, and, and they're still there. And I remember just reading that text. I'm sitting at my desk and it's towards the end of the workday. So there weren't many people in the office anymore. Our meeting was really late in the day with this guy. And I remember just losing it at my desk because that was the first time that it was very real to me that like, holy shit, you're getting your brain operated on. And all of a sudden they might not be dealing with a normal case that they're used to dealing with or that they feel comfortable fixing, I guess, is almost the way that my brain processed that. And so I went to my boss and I remember like kind of wiping my face and being like, all right, I can do this. And I went to my boss and was very like calm and cool. and was like, Hey Scott, look, I, I, you know, I really, this meeting with Jim, I know it's really important. And if you tell me to stay, I can. And I was like, but I want you to know my best friend is getting brain surgery. So I will check my phone during this meeting. And if that's going to be a problem in front of this vice president, then I'm not going to go. I just, I, I was like, I'm not going to sit there for an hour and a half and not check my phone. That's insane. And he could tell that I was kind of losing it. And he was like, yeah, you should probably go. Like you definitely, I will take the meeting. And I was like, okay, thank you. And I like barely got all my shit together and got out the door and then like lost it on the way to the car again. Right. And of course, within like an hour and a half or two hours, we got the text from her sister that was like, all right, she's out. It was, you know, a success. She'll be in recovery. And that was kind of, that's like the most vivid part of it that I remember. And I just remember thinking, I think being really helpless, right? I'm not only am I not in the operating room, I'm not even in the zip code with your family. I'm like, I don't know how far is Texas, like hundreds of miles away. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, that's, I think a scary thing. And I think that's true with anyone close to you. Like it, you can't live in their body and help them through that. Right. And there are people who can physically be close and help them, but being far away just made it very scary for me to think about your life in someone else's hands, I think was what I was very like mm -hmm. rattled by. Yeah. And that was kind of the first thing that I, or, or I guess the most vivid part of that, that I remember. Yeah. I have a question. When I was in surgery, did you and like the rest of our roommates, like were y'all like texting back and forth or were you just like kind of sitting there waiting for like updates and we were kind of talking. I th mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember. I know that we were sending messages back and forth of like, hey, have you heard from anyone? Blah, 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 blah. Because I think like Smith was texting Peyton separately. So there were a few side conversations where we were texting mm -hmm. each other being like, hey, have you heard anything? Have you talked to anyone? And I do remember that happening. There wasn't a lot of like, oh my God, I'm scared. Let's talk about it. It was just like, okay, what's the mm -hmm. update? No update. Mm -hmm. Okay. Call me when there is one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think everyone's just so like overwhelmed that they were like, okay, we can't be conversational about this, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I mean, I can't even imagine what your family was feeling sitting in the waiting room doing that same thing, but like up close Dude, and I personal. Can't. I can't either. 
I mean, oh my gosh. And yeah, I just, I remember thinking that where it was like, holy shit, this person who I love, their hands are in, or I'm sorry, their life is in someone else's hands. And, and yeah, you kind of have to wait it out. And that's really scary. It's not a fun experience. When you hear the surgery is going long, you have to excuse yourself because that's what you got to do. And then I think as it progressed, when you like texted us, I guess you didn't text us, I think it was your sister. Some time later, it wasn't, it wasn't even like while you were still in the hospital. I think it was probably a good week later when it was confirmed like, hey, this is cancerous. Mm-hmm. Here's the story. Mm-hmm. And I think by then we'd been thinking so much about everything that it was like, okay, well, at least we know that they understand it, kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was still scary, right? I mean, none of us had dealt with cancer up close and personal. So when you said, yeah, I'll need chemo and radiation, of course, I just thought of like, holy fuck, what are we doing? Like, That's unimaginable. Just the idea that any mm-hmm. of us would have to do that. Mm-hmm. Especially when we're like six inches away from having been like fun college kids, you know, like having been right. yeah. in our prime, it's just like, it didn't make any sense. And yeah. that's what I keep coming back to is I think that that's just what I kept thinking as we got updates on the cancer front. I just kept thinking like, this makes no sense. I don't understand how it happens. I don't understand why it happens. Like I can't help physically cause I'm not there. And I don't know. And it's hard cause we couldn't communicate with you. And I think that was, we all learned to be very patient because we knew that we just had to get updates yeah. from your siblings or from Peyton. Yeah. And all we could do was kind of think about you and maybe send gifts and, and kind of wait for you to be ready to talk, which mm-hmm. of course we didn't like the waiting, but obviously that was, that was yours to, to manage, right? That was not ours to tell you when we wanted you to talk to us. So right. it was just, um, you know, I think anxiety ridden waiting for information is a scary thing always. Yeah. 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 Man. It was wild. And the only thing, <laughs> I don't know how effective this was, but I'm going to say it anyway. The only thing I, I came home and this was like, I think it was the day, it was either the day of the surgery or the day after. And I was over at my parents' house and I was just like, mom, she can't really look at her phone. I was like, I, I don't even know what to send. I was like, I don't even know what a care package looks like for a person who's recovering from brain surgery. Cause Again, when we talked to your sister, your sister said, like, you know, like, there's only so much screen time, reading. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, just the way you interacted with the world was different for a while. And so mm-hmm. I was talking to my mom, and I was like, I, what am I going to do, send board games? Like, I don't know. And and I remember I bought you a coloring book, which is funny now, because I, like, write people <laughs> who buy me coloring books. So <laughs> we learned that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sitting with, like, 12 of the others right Everybody. now. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I have, like, yeah, I have at least 10 of them. But I remember I went to Build-A-Bear Workshop and I made a teddy bear because I was like, I don't know, she's just going to sit and stare at a wall for three months. Like, maybe she needs a teddy bear. I don't fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) So I went to Build-A-Bear and I made a teddy bear, me and like a bunch of six-year-olds. I was in there in my business casual (laughs) after work I would pay to see like the surveillance footage from that Build-A-Bear of like you and your like business casual like apparel, like waiting in line to like by like a like Michigan say, t-shirt <laughs> but like what did they like you whisper into yeah, the heart like, like, and then it and, like, <laughs> put it in <laughs> and you know what's so 
insane is that I probably was like so serious and solemn as I was doing that because that was the hard thing right and I'm there like okay like <laughs> they have some little poem where you like bless the heart I'm sure I like did it totally serious <laughs> oh man so that's what I did because I didn't know what else to do um and you know I also sent you a coloring book which you probably never used which is fine I gave a few of mine away but that was all I could think to do and sometimes that's all you can do you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well I mean I appreciated everything and I know you and the rest of our roommates besides the one-off gifts and everything that each of y'all sent you did like this one big care package and I mean that meant a lot so very much appreciated that oh yeah no problem that's what's so hard being from far away is that you know and and far away when you're not able to talk on the phone every day I think we were all just like holy shit what do we do and you know you do what you can you send them something to make them remember you're thinking about them and then you give them time to heal which is hard you want to ask a lot of questions but you have to let people heal yes no and I mean I wasn't at all interested in my phone I feel like for yeah multiple weeks which is incredibly unlikely unlike me because I mean I'm on it 24 7 which is probably bad but whatever but y'all are it's 2020 there are no rules (laughs) it's fine yeah yeah so that's that's most of it and now whenever we have scans now we like talk about it so much which I think is such a nice thing yeah we talk about like our skinsiety and oh my gosh yeah well even and I know you and I do this but like just even like the text of like okay thinking about you like you got this all of that I think that you don't need like a whole poem of like you're so strong you're great like you got like you got this you'll beat it like if it comes back like it's not anything long by any means it's just three words you got this yeah and and it is like I think for me it's always okay knowing someone cares enough and knows enough to like have put this on their calendar remember that it's happening Mm-hmm. And yeah, exactly. Just remind you that morning, hey, I'm thinking about you. Because yeah, you don't need the lecture of like, you're so strong and you got this. And you're like, all I'm doing is showing up, getting injected with some radioactive bullshit and then laying on a bed for an hour. Like, yes, yep. I, do, I do got this. Physically, yes, I'll be fine. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like the mental boost of just, hey, I'm thinking about you. You're like, yeah, okay, cool. We got this. Is, yeah. is really nice. And the fact that we like are able to talk about it like, We'll talk where it's like, all right, how are you actually feeling about this scan? And you're like, holy fucking shit. I, you know, and like being able to be honest about it is such a cool thing now that most people probably don't have. I mean, I guess to some degree, you know, your closest person you probably confide in, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's nice now that we're able to share and like worry about each other in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, so let's let you talk. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, I'll make some cameos as myself in this story. (laughs) (laughs) So about a year after, about I guess 13 months after my surgery, myself, our roommates and Nikki were all supposed to get together for the University of Michigan, Michigan State game of 2019. 
we blew state out of the water. Just want to throw that out there because this year's state showing was disgusting. But we were, that was like the first time we were really all reuniting since graduating college and everything. And I remember we were sitting at the Jolly, no, I was, I was, sorry, I flew in Friday morning and I remember I had a pretty early flight and we had, I'd woken up to this text from Nikki and it was like to our entire roommate group and it was, hey, like something's going on with my arm and like my neck is kind of weird, like I can't move it all the stuff. I'm going to go to urgent care. I'll be in Ann Arbor as soon as possible. And in my head, I was like, well, that's kind of weird. Like, all right, but it's Nikki, like she'll make it. And then flew to Michigan, whatever. It was, we were all sitting at dinner minus Nikki that night. And like, we got an update from Nikki and it was like, Hey, like talked with my cousin. I think I'm just going to bypass urgent care, go to the hospital, all that. And we were like, I think we all started talking about it at dinner and we were like, what's going on? Like if she has to go to the emergency room, like that's not great. Something serious must be going on. And the first thought that popped into my head, my head was it's meningitis. Like if you can't move your neck, like I was like, that's a telltale sign. It's meningitis. She has 24 hours. Like she needs to get to the hospital. Oh my God. I'm so glad you didn't say that to me when it was happening. <laughs> yeah, no, I decided to keep that in until right now. <laughs> um, and we were like, okay. And I think we were talking with you and whatever. And you were like, I'll make it tomorrow. Like I'm probably just, I'll get, I'll go to the emergency room. We'll get this figured out. I'll drive up tomorrow morning. I'll make the game. And so the next morning, we start off like all of our game day mornings doing like shots and squats. I had made jello shots the night before we were like gonna, we always end the song with taking a jello shot. And like when it was, we got up and we had this text from Nikki and we actually have the read receipts on this. We have receipts on this text. We have receipts. This text is the most on-brand thing that's ever happened. It's like Oh, yeah. When I read it, I was like, God, this sounds like me. It hurts. Yeah, so here's the text. Wanna... Uh, Saturday, November 16th at 2.18 a.m. when I was in the ER. My text says, this is so wild, says, all right, folks, here's the update. I have a 10 centimeter mass that's likely cancer, but need to do more testing in my left lung close to my heart that has some tentacles up in my lymph nodes, which is why I'm a swollen mess. They're admitting me tonight and then I'm going to start seeing hemoglobists. I don't think that's oncologists and vascular surgeons. Don't know what the mass is yet or how bad it is until they do more testing. But hey, so far this squad is one for one on beating cancer, so I'm feeling good. Yeah, so we woke up to that text. And to say it put a halt on our morning festivities was an understatement. Um, I remember we all, we were all in this Airbnb and we came out to the living room from like our respective sleeping areas and people had slept in the living room. So we were sitting on each other's beds and whatever out there. And we all just kind of looked around at each other and we're like, what do we do? Like, we were like, we can't go to the game. Like that can't, that's not a, even like a possibility at that point. And then we were like, well, like, hold up. Like, we like, don't want to do yeah. yeah, it was like, well, we don't, one, 
we don't know what's going on with Nikki right now until she talks with these various doctors. Two, if we go to the hospital right now, we're just going to like sit there and like, we won't be able to see Nikki. Like we won't do anything productive and we'll probably just overwhelm and not be any help. And so we were like, okay. It was like 20 minutes of this discussion back and forth. And then like, I remember like the one, like one of the things that sticks out in my mind was like, I think Alyssa said it and she was like, what are the fucking odds that two out of the six of us have cancer or get cancer? And I just remember in in my head, I was like, that's a third. (laughs) It's just like, I don't know why, but that like made just like so much more of an impact. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean that, I mean, we've talked about it before, but like, that's just so wild. I keep joking. We need to like hire a statistician to do the math of like truly what the odds are because I, it has to be more likely that you like get hit by lightning and also, I don't know, fall out of a moving car. Yeah. And whatever the odds are, <laughs> the two of us in the same close friend group in a yeah. year of each other, basically. Yeah. Like all under 25. Yeah. All that. No, I'm, I'm with you. And then at... And, oh, oh go can for I it. just put one thing in here? Yeah. For anyone for who's going to send us DMs and tell us to like sue our landlord because there's probably something environmental that we both experienced, stay out of our DMs. We've talked about this. Like that's like not an appropriate thing to say to someone. Is that hey, you guys like probably had mold in your walls. Uh, you should look into that. Like no. And granted, we did go down this we've path. We've talked about this. <laughs> we've done this. We've talked to our doctors. But we're trying to play doctor and explain to us how we got cancer. It's not yeah. a fun thing to hear. So I'm just no. I'm just putting it out there that when people say that to us, you're not super being helpful to us. Yeah, I mean, we've That's both all. had genetic testing done. <laughs> yes. so it's, not, it's nothing to do environmentally. It's just look yeah. at the draw. Well, anyway, so then at 11.24, we get an update from Nikki. And mind you, the game is like noon or three or something like in the afternoon. Yeah, like, so I, I had gotten admitted. I had gone to my hospital room. My 11.24 text. So weird to read. I said, as the update, three exclamation points. They are fairly certain it's lymphoma. In my chest cavity, not the lungs like originally thought. Waiting on a couple more scans and a biopsy either today or tomorrow. But sounds like chemo will start next week regardless. Discussing the egg freezing thing and whether I can squeeze it in before I have to start chemo next week, but waiting to find out. Either way, they said people as young and healthy as me have generally good results with this type of lymphoma and with chemo. So I may be ugly and bald for a bit, but odds of me living to tell the story and keep fucking around are good. Honestly, such a Nikki phrase right there. My God. Keep fucking around. (laughs) But so we got this and I think we were at like Smith's parents' tailgate or whatever. And we all like, like went off to the side and we were talking about, okay, like, do we skip the game and go see Nikki now? Do we go to the game, see Nikki tonight? Or do we wait and not overwhelm her on the day she gets this news and see her tomorrow? Because we knew that we wanted to see you. And we finally, and I think with like texting back and forth with Nikki and all of that, I know I think Haley was texting with Kendall 
and yeah probably there were a lot because Kendall came that day too mm -hmm, so there were a mm -hmm. whole bunch of things going on yeah and so like I think we found out like Kendall was coming that day and we were like okay like at least Kendall's there like we know her parents are then Nikki's boyfriend came but we knew she had people around so we weren't we didn't want to overwhelm her that day so we all traversed uh up to where what hospital Beaumont yeah, we yeah, all traveled up to the Beaumont Hospital, like, and then when we saw Nikki, like, it was, we, like, the elevator doors open, and there comes, like, Nikki kind of, like, bopping around with, like, an IV pole, and, like, I don't know, just being Nikki, and I think she was, at least how I was reading it, was, okay, like, I think, one, she's doing this so she doesn't, like, scare us, and be, like, I'm, like, I'm fine, don't worry about me, but I also, and Nikki, I'm kind of reading into you right now, but at least through all of my own stuff, I was like, oh, she's probably mainly doing this for herself. Yeah, I like, honestly think it was both, where it was like, mm -hmm. I maintained that persona, but it was more just, yeah, for me to be like, all right, I'm still me, I can still be me, there's just an IV pole attached to me, and like, mm -hmm. yeah, it definitely was, I, I think, a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, and so, I mean, we all went... And like hung out with Nikki for that day or I mean for a couple of hours I had to fly out later but I remember walking down like the hospital hallway and it was just like it kind of like brought back this flood of memories Grant, like I kind of went back to like my surgery days of like walking the hospital floor with my IV pole in my gown head wrapped all of that and like the nurses being like slow down I'm like no, like, I want to show you that I can do this, and I remember a couple of, like, our friends were, like, hey, like, how you doing with this, all that stuff, like, do you kind of have some PTSD from it, whatnot, and I was, like, I was, like, I'm fine, today's about Nikki, all this, like, it's kind of Nikki's turn in this cancer limelight, as <laughs> terrible Pass the as torch, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, a ceremonial, like, <laughs> um, but I remember we were all like sitting in your hospital room and I mean, we kind of got like the, what's going on? How are you feeling? Like, what are your first thoughts? All of that. And then I felt like our friends kind of were like, okay, like that's enough of like the questions of all of that. And I was like, no, okay. You want to talk about, you're getting your eggs frozen. Like, let's do this. Like I like, I got it done. Like here is all the information you need. Like all of that. I mean, being as like helpful as somebody who is not a fertility doctor or any type of doctor can be in that aspect. But I felt like I kind of asked a little bit more of the practical questions that like our, I don't know if our friends necessarily like weren't comfortable with it or I don't think anybody who has not gone through a similar challenge or any relatable challenge, even though cancer is not relatable, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> yeah. like, I felt like I could ask the more practical questions. And for one, I was curious because this is, was totally different realm than anything that I had gone through. And, and then I was also, I remember fast forwarding a little bit, like, I found out that I had to have like chemo and radiation and whatever. And I remember calling you and I was like, what is it like? Like, even though like I know the vastly different experiences. Yeah. 
and whatever, but it was like, okay, like it was almost like I went through the cancer and not like the original cancer diagnosis and like the fertility stuff and like kind of passed on like my knowledge and advice to you about that. And then it was like, you were going through like chemo and I'll eventually have to go through chemo. And so it was like, we were kind of just picking each other's brains on it. Yeah. But I remember, um, I remember when I flew home, like the day after seeing you and whatever, like my parents picked me up from the airport and like, obviously they had gotten all of like, I was calling them the entire trip, which I think they were really surprised on. Cause they were like, you're there for two days. Like, why are you calling? A lot going on, mom. <laughs> Check it out. Um, but I remember like I got in the car with them and I just broke down and it was just like, and I think it was just like, I can't believe somebody else that I am so incredibly close to has to go through this. Yeah. Do you think it was part of like, you're scared because you know what it's like and you don't want me to have to do that? I, yeah, I think it definitely was that. And then I think it was, it was, I think it was kind of a mixture of it. I think it was one that I definitely was scared because I was like, I know what this is like, but obviously I didn't because this was an entirely different diagnosis. And then the other part is it was almost, like I said, it was a year, almost a year to the date of my surgery and everything. And so it was just kind of like brought back these like, like repressed memories that I had of that time. And so I don't know, my mom was just like, I, my mom was like, oh, like, let me get in the back seat, all of this stuff. And I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> like, leave me alone. It's oh, man. Yeah. But, and then I remember like going to work those next couple of days. And like, I remember it was, it was such like a weird conversation to have with like my coworkers and like any of my friends, they're like, Oh, how was your trip to Michigan? Cause they knew I was so like looking forward to it so much. And I was like, it wasn't what I expected. Um, and they were like, what? Yeah. And so I was like, I mean, I had fun, but it like also like, it was just so unbelievable. And I was like, Nikki, just got diagnosed with lymphoma and granted you were starting to go through fertility treatments and like having to get these biopsies scheduled and all of that. And I remember calling you after work a couple days later and I was like, okay, like, I know you're starting fertility treatments today. How's it going? I remember I was on speakerphone with like you and your mom. (laughs) Oh my God. When I literally was like, mom, I got these shots. I can do it myself. I can do it myself. And then I'm like hysterically crying. I was like, mom, can you do it? And then I was talking to you and you were like, oh yeah, I shot myself. And I was like, I can't do it. My mom's treating me. Sorry. Like, but yeah, we literally put you on speakerphone. We're like, all right, Emily, how do we mix these up? Like what is happening right now? Oh yeah. What a weird thing to like be able to call your friend about. People are like, oh, I called my friend about how to respond to this text. And I'm like, I called my friend about how to mix the drugs to do fertility treatment at 25. Like it's common, I think more when you're a little bit older, but yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, after that, it's like, I feel I feel like I checked in on you, not necessarily like overbearingly a lot of like not always on it on you and whatever, but I I think I found like a good balance between like in, like the frequency of it of like checking in because I know we'd talk on the phone and especially when I after my appointment where I thought I was gonna have to start treatment and whatever. I don't know, but and then it was like that weekend that you got diagnosed, I was like, I need to come see Nikki. 
Like I was looking, I think I purchased a flight like that next day at work to come for New Year's. Yeah. And I remember you texting and being like, all right, I'm telling you now. And if you're not up for it, then I don't have to come see you, but I'm going to be there. I'll stay at Haley's. Haley's our other friend. Her parents live like a mile from my parents. Mm -hmm. And you were like, so I'll be there. And if you don't want to see me, that's fine. I'll stand outside and I'll wave at you. And I was like, uh-uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Like, you know, and, and yeah. it's hard because I'm like, don't make plans. What if I die by Christmas? You know, and you were like, yeah. nope, I'll be there. And I was like, all right, you know, it was awesome to have you there when it actually happened. And I, I did, I forgot that it happened that quickly after that you made that flight. In my experience, I didn't want visitors, but I know like our friends Smith and Haley came to visit about like month month after my surgery and they were the first people that I was actually I don't excited I guess like excited was the right term I mean not to say that any of my other visitors I wasn't excited about but it was it just felt like a little bit more special um if that's even like the right word for it but it it was definitely comforting because like they didn't have to come. They didn't necessarily have like the obligation that I felt like my Austin friends had or anything else. It was just like, okay, like let's get on the plane and like go. And like it ended up working within their work schedules and everything. And so I was like, well, like fuck that. Like I know what it's like being in that position. Like if Nikki wants me there, I'll be there. If Nikki doesn't, I'll hang out with Haley and I'll just stand outside and like do a little dance and make posters (laughs) and all of that. But I was like, at least I will be there. And so I think it was more of a, like a camaraderie thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so glad it happened because that was like, I think I was averse to having visitors and I kind of continued to be that way through treatment. And my mom and I would talk about it a lot where I was like, I was very specific about who I was willing to see because you know, you're, you're really vulnerable. And I think we'll, we kind of get into this in other places, but it's just like, there's only certain people that you're comfortable being that vulnerable around. And it ended up being so awesome that you were there. And Aww. yeah, it was fun. It was a good New Year's. We'll post that picture soon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think that's just like the gist of it. I mean, it sucks seeing anybody you care about go through whatever challenge it may be, but I mean, as terrible as it sounds, like life deals you hard cards and how you show up to that challenge or how you show up and show support to those who are going through the challenge, I think says a lot about how you're willing to go and take on other challenges that you, that you'll encounter in life. Yeah, I think that's so well said. And I just, when I think of like friends supporting each other through stuff like this, all you can do is show up and like do what you think is best and don't expect anything in return. And like I said, I mean, that's what you guys did. That's what I think we continue to do for each other. And that's like the best thing that you can do to help someone, right? You push on, but you make sure you're there for them and you kind of put their feelings first when you need to. And it's so helpful for that person, even when it's hard to do for yourself, I think. Yeah. Cheers to friendship. Cheers to friendship. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, thank you for tuning in to that six-letter word. We hope you get out there, be kind, spread joy. Get weird and fuck shit up. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. That Six Letter Word is recorded and edited by Nikki Steltenkamp and Emily Sweet using GarageBand. Our song is from GarageBand, and our cover art is by Jazz Parker. We'll talk to you next time.